0: This is a very comfortable audience for me. Uh, I can make certain assumptions. As as Lutheran scholars, uh, (laughs) you all know that when we talk about God's word, we're not talking about one thing. We're talking about two things. We're talking about law and gospel. Um, And uh, the law, when we talk about the law, it is the commandments of God attached to a condition, i.e., do this and you shall live. And, um, and then we have the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ and his life and atoning death, um, which is sacrifice for our sins. Um, and thank you. And there's that password one more time. Um, uh, and through his resurrection, um, uh, we have life. And so the law and the gospel, they each have specific functions. They have opposite um, aims, and the law reveals sin and creates contrition. The gospel offers God's promise and mercy. The law convicts, the gospel exonerates. The law kills, the gospel resurrects. Uh, And it's important to realize that when dealing with these two things, God does not mix his drinks. He serves a shot of law and he serves a shot of gospel. They do um, uh, very different and specific things. When you mix the two, people are afraid that you'll end up losing the law. But what happens is you actually lose the gospel. You, you lose the good news. Um, because if the law is the last word of our relationship with God, we are at square one. So, um, as as Paul Zoll um, notably said once, um, the gospel is 100% yes, and if there's a hint of no, then it's all no. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, So, how do you effectively communicate the law to people who do not know that Uh, that they're sinful. Um, You need to understand the law before you're even remotely interested in receiving the gospel. Um, And I'm mostly uh, talking about um, preaching here. I'm not going to be, I don't think I'm going to be giving you material for your personal relationships. um, But I do think when you're communicating to um, sinful people, about the law. When the law is at play, it, it always has a way of being heard by the old Adam uh, as something he can do or take hold of, or especially when the law is watered down and it sounds doable, something like just do your best. Um, uh, we've, we've, we've heard uh, um, what happens uh, with that, and there's no rest. Um And so when the law is watered down, uh, it does not reveal sin and, uh, oh, sorry, it reveals sin and the grip it has on sinners. Um, Sin has a way of hiding its own symptoms and condition, like we're sinners and we don't even know it. Um, uh, The book of Romans tells us that we're dealing with a condition that leaves us dead in our sins, and yet we are cruelly unaware of it. that's what, um, that's what uh, Tim uh, Blackman was saying this morning. Luther has this great quote, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says, in baptism, when you die to Christ, you are, you are drowned um, in your sin. That is what the law is meant to do. Uh, it's not a self-help manual. It is a death sentence. Um, and so, but uh, the sinner, the old Adam, um, Luther basically says, that son of a bitch can really swim. Um, so he's, he's drowning and yet he's giving it a shot, right? This is what we do. And yet the law is not meant, um, to, uh, give us things to do. Uh, J. Gresham Meacham said, uh, a low view of the law, what we're talking about, the watered down law of doing your best, that always brings legalism. A high view of the law makes a seeker after grace. That is what the law is meant to do. Uh, John Calvin said, Moses had no other intention than to invite all men to go straight to Christ. So Moses is the symbol of the law, uh, had no other intention to point all men to go straight to Jesus. Basically, you need Jesus, that is the law, that is what it, it intended to convince you of, uh, and the gospel is Jesus Christ. Um, So, so how do you communicate this to people who don't know that they're sinful, that they don't know that there's a problem? Um, The law, your goal when communicating the law is to not make people feel guilty. Your goal is to tell them the truth um, that we are guilty before God, that we are not God, and that we have worshiped the creature rather than the creator. Um, And the diagnosis is often just honest description of life. Um, A good illustration of someone who has heard and understood the laws, the woman at the well, who says, come, uh, come meet a man who told me everything I've ever done. So there's no shame, but Jesus shows her who she is, right? Uh, And and he reveals uh, the truth about herself, which she she was blind um, to see, but she now sees clearly. So uh, what I'm getting at eventually is illustrations. Um, They have a way of sneaking around one's defenses. Um, They distract the self-saving sinner, um, but they also stir the emotions. Um, So we're going to look at one illustration, one effective use of the law in the Bible, and then we're going to look at four effective uses of the law through Saturday Night Live. Um, The scripture that I'm going to read is the story of Nathan and David. So David has just Slept with Bathsheba. He's the king. Um, he has uh, stolen another man's wife. And um, to hide this act, he has sent the man um, into the front lines of battle um, so it's that he's going to die. And uh, no one, he, David won't have to pay the consequences. And so Nathan is out to reveal to David what David has done. Second Samuel says, The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. So this rich man has an abundance of lambs, but he takes the poor lamb or the the poor man's lamb um, and slaughters it. End of story. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned. Against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. So both the law and the gospel are ministered in the story of Nathan and David. Uh, Nathan tells a story. Uh, he comes with the expressed divine mission of telling David the truth about himself. And then there's the flip, right? He tells the story, and there's the stand up comic trip of The jokes, it's not about this other person, it's about you, and David is defenseless. His response is naked. He has no choice but to admit his wrongs. I've sinned against the Lord, and then uh, one beautiful and important thing about the gospel is that it immediately follows the law. right? David says to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan says, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. So, illustrations help. And to be more specific, funny illustrations. Um, uh, Ethan says in the latest issue of the Mockingbird magazine, he says, humor is effective by tearing down the barrier between the world we see every day and the subterranean, invisible world that we know but never talk about. Humor, in other words, peels back the shower curtain on our lives, revealing the banal and less-than-sexy truth and yet does so with such a light touch that we can't help but look. Somehow looking makes us feel better. So Saturday Night Live helps reveal human nature, the truth about ourselves, but in a way that does not shame. It simply tells the truth. Um, It reveals that we are not God and that, quite frankly, we're kind of a joke. Um, It doesn't touch the gospel so much. But it effectively shows our need for the gospel, which is important. So, without further ado, so sorry, with one quick with a ado, a little bit of ado, it's a, do. With a so small bit, bit of ado, smallest of adoes. I have a password. <laughs> How did you know that? What's Use the point of a password if you if you What are what are you <laughs> Russian? <laughs> We're dealing with the best in the biz, people. (laughs) Rob knows my password.
1: (laughs) I didn't tell him. What are we doing here? Where are we at?
0: So I'm going to set the scene. Um, The sketch that we're about to see is not Saturday Night Live, but it's a a commercial from 1985 from Michelob Ultra. Um, And uh, the sketch reveals how we believe in the lie that Adam and Eve were told, in the Garden of Eden. You will not certainly die, for God knows that when you eat from the tree, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, right? It's not true, but, it's, but it's, um, it sounds good, and we believe in it. Amazing. Uh, the Michelob Ultra commercial, the... Um, where are you going? Yes. Wow. When you're dealing with tech guys, never think like, oh, I can help. Just let them do it. So we'll pull that. Test it. We'll see. For for dramatic effect, I'll leave them hanging. So um, so that's the lie that we heard in the Garden of Eden. Um, And the law, what it does is brings us back to the difference between us and God. We are the creatures, he is the creator. We are the recipients, he is the provider. Uh, but we don't like that. Instead, we hang on to the lie of the Michelob Ultra ad campaign, 1985, entitled, Where You're Going, which tells us exactly what we want to hear. So
1: there's a style in your life no one could ever deny. You're on your way to the top. You're on your way to the top. Known just who you are. Where you're going, you've always known it. Where you're going, it's Mickalone. Where you're going, it's exceptionally smooth, Mickalone. Where you're going, it's
0: <laughs> It's not, not. We're all good, though. Not we're, we're part so of the up. act. Rob, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. She's good. So we'll go to the next one. What a roller coaster. So this is obviously not going to work like that. We could just use it here. We're going to use it there. Is it hot in here, or am I just just filled with passion? (laughs) Thanks, Drake. That's Drake Ritchie. That's my brother-in-law. So, uh, okay, thankfully... Saturday Night Live did not let of Ultra get away with that. Oh, shoot. I am entitled Son of a gun. There's one more. Oh, this one. No, that's... So there are two. Okay. There, there's the original, which we just watched, and this is Saturday Night Live's take on Where You're Going. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> all right, all right.
1: I got a toast. Here's to a guy who just sold his condo for five times what he paid for it. <laughs> you want more than the rest. You just
0: won't take second best. You've never been number two. And you're going to grab the things the world owes you.
1: false values, empty ambition, and raw greed, you've earned the agony of eternal torment. You're going to burn, no doubt about it.
0: And, and that's Saturday Night Live. That's not the Bible. It's incredible. So they call Michael just bluff—the idea that we're that we're good people getting better, that we're in control of our lives, right? So uh, again, the law shows us that we need Jesus, right? And the gospel gives us Jesus. Uh, Another Saturday Night Live clip uh, with Steve Martin is uh, he's going to show us why we need Jesus. Um, Short answer is despite what we want other people to believe uh, about ourselves, we're actually self-centered and needy, and it's a classic example of how how we try to fool people. Um, ourselves included into thinking that we've got it all together. Quick warning. Um, this clip is Steve Martin rated in that it acknowledges the existence of sex. Um, so here's his holiday wish list. If I had one wish
2: that I could wish this holiday season, it would be that all the children of the world to join hands and sing together in a spirit harmony and peace if i had two wishes that i could make this holiday season the first would be for all the children of the world to join hands and sing in a spirit of harmony and peace and the second would be for 30 million dollars a month to be given to me tax free in a swiss bank account you know if i had three wishes that i could make this holiday season the first of course would be for all the children to get together and sing. The second would be for the $30 million every month to me. And the third would be for all-encompassing power over every living being and the entire universe. And if I had four wishes that I could make this holiday season, the first would be the crap about the kids. The second would be for the 30 million, the third would be for all the power. And the fourth would be to set aside one month, each year, to have an extended 31-day orgasm. (laughs) To be brought about slowly by Roseanne Arquette and that model Paulina somebody, I can't think of her name. Of course, my lovely wife can come, too. She's behind me 100% on this, I guarantee you. Wait a minute, maybe that sex thing should be the first wish. So if I made that the first wish, you know, because it could all go boom tomorrow, then what do you got? No, no, the kids. The kids singing would be great. That that would be nice. But wait a minute. Who am I kidding? I mean, they're not going to be able to get all those kids together. I mean, the logistics of the thing, it's impossible. More trouble than it's worth. So we reorganize. Here we go. First, the sex thing. We go with that. Second, the money. No. We go with the power second, then the money, and then the kids. Oh, wait. Oh, jeez. I forgot about revenge against my enemies. Okay. I need revenge against all my enemies. They should die like pigs in hell. That would be the fourth And, of course, my fifth wish would be for all the children of the world (laughs) to join hands and sing in a spirit of harmony and
0: peace. Thank you, everybody. We can can, can clap. So, so for all the children of the world to hold hands in the spirit of harmony and peace, what, what a beautiful um, image. Who's going to argue with that? And yet that's not what, what you actually want. Like, who cares about that? In 1986, there was actually a movement, Hands Across America. Does anybody remember that? What the heck was that all about? 6.5 million people uh, held, hu- held hands in a human chain for 15 minutes along a path across the continental United States. Like, a lot of people donated $10 to secure their place in line. Like, what? And then, like, no one knows where the money went, by the way. Um, So, like, such a weird way to think you're going to, like, fix sin or, like, what's wrong with you and the world. But anyway, it's like, the New Yorker cartoon, I'm spending more time promoting myself than I am being myself. I mean, we're, we want people to think that that's what we want because that's what we think is probably good. And yet, Steve Martin gets right to it, right? Sex, money, power, these are a few of my favorite things, right? <laughs> um, uh, honorable mention, I'm not going to play it to um, some of your disappointment, but. Um, some of Will Ferrell's skits, I think, speak to uh, like what's really going on beneath the surface. Um, there's the I Drive a Dodge Stratus <laughs> skit, which is so um, amazing. The, there's like a family having dinner around the table, and it's very quiet, and things are so tense based on All of the baggage of their relationships that they, like one person says one thing and it sets another person totally off to the point where Will Ferrell, the father of the family, who doesn't feel like he's respected enough, just stands up and starts screaming, I drive a Dodge Stratus! Which is so um, pathetic uh, as far as an attempt for um, self justification. But that's who we are. Next next skit I'm going to show. Um, I think SNL does a good job of showing it, that there's no escape from the law these days. Um, uh, advertisements tell us that, you know we're in charge, we're the captains of our destiny. We can decide who we are, uh, and we should rebel, um, be ever being boxed in. Um, and so and yet what Scripture tells us uh, is true that you can't escape the law. Um, You're just going to end up finding more laws. Uh, And this is a fake commercial for Levi's Woke's Blue Jeans. (laughs) My jeans tell me I'm a man.
2: My jeans tell me I'm a woman.
0: They
1: tell me I'm relaxed. That I'm skinny. A child. Yo, you don't know me, jeans. I'm not a style. I'm not a size. That's not me.
0: I am not a child. I'm me.
1: I'm unique. I'm woke. Woke. Woke.
0: I'm woke. So, why aren't
1: my jeans?
0: Now they are. Introducing Levi Uh Wokes. Sizeless, style neutral, gender non-conforming denim for a generation that
1: defies labels. Levi's heard that if you're not woke, it's bad. So we made these. defining someone by their style? That's offensive. That's why Levi Wokes have no style. (laughs) What's my size? Why don't you try asking me about my accomplishments? My waltz are size me. They fit everybody. Because they fit nobody. So what colors
0: do they come in? Colors? I'm triggered. This color. Can you label this color? That is the color grab. They not brown, but they not not brown. It's a handful of
1: colors, none
0: of which are dominant. Just like our country.
1: Oh, wait. Let's talk pockets Pockets sold separately Yo, who says I have hands? You getting this yet? The jeans are woke Whoa!
2: Do they come in men's and women's?
0: Nah Do they come in person? What do you think? That's why woke got Unify.
1: 180 degrees of gender nonconformity My jeans let me decide how I go to the bathroom Do yours What don't you
0: get? They woke. Woke. Get woke. We're woke. Yo, hold up. Are my wokes made in some factory by Indonesian kids?
1: Nah, they're made right here in the USA by white kids. (laughs) Levi Wokes.
0: Woke. Levi Wokes. Available exclusively at (laughs) Ross. so funny. <laughs> so Levi's heard that if you're not woke, it's bad. <laughs> it's like you, you might try to avoid the law by avoiding Christianity, but the law is inescapable, right? Style and fashion is suddenly a moral issue, right? Like it's not just uh, what you like. It's are you good or are you bad? Um, and you better be woke, and the, the whole identity issue, my genes tell me I'm a man, I'm a woman. I am not a child. It says an eight-year-old child. <laughs> Very funny satire. My genes let me decide how I go to the bathroom. So, uh, <laughs> and just as the law is unavoidable, so is our falling short of the law, right? Uh, are, are my genes made in some factory by Indonesian kids? No, they're made in the U.S. by white kids. In other words, there's no escape from human sin and its consequences. No one is righteous. No, not one, says Romans. Um, so, and this is just a, another note. This is such heavy, such a heavy message about human sin and and the consequences that we deal with. It's too heavy. If it's If it's so heavy and too direct, it's not going to get through. Because we're, we're limited. We can't, we can't take such an such a intense message on directly. Just like David, we need to be tricked, right? We need to be led through um, a rabbit hole of a story uh, that shows us who we are. So um, the last one um, is Al Franken as Stuart Smalley. Um, called Daily Affirmation with Stuart Smalley, and um, uh, I'm just going to get right to it. This is a a person who uh, um, needs a comforting word, and he just gives it himself, a comforting word, and let's see how that goes.
1: I deserve... Good thing. I am entitled to my share of happiness. I refuse to beat myself up. I am an attractive person. I am fun to be with. Daily Affirmation with Stuart Smalley. Stuart Smalley is a caring nurturer, a member of several 12 step programs, but not a licensed therapist. I'm going to do a terrific show today and I'm going to help people because I'm good enough I'm smart enough and doggone it people like me hello I'm Stuart Smalley first off I have to admit that yesterday's show was not my best and it's too bad because it was a very important topic you're only as sick as your secrets and I blew it but that's okay I have to give myself permission to do a bad show every now and then and I think I know what I did wrong I over prepared because I'm a perfectionist which is my problem and that's okay (laughs) so this morning I had a flash don't prepare don't prepare do today's show in the now talk about what's going on in my mind in the moment it's not going to be perfect but that Okay. So, all right. Okay. Okay. So, right now, I am blanking. Total, but that that's okay, because that's what's going on, right now. Nothing, uh, except uh, for panic. I'm beginning to panic, which uh, is OK, uh, because it's my panic, and I own my panic. And I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. They're going to cancel the show. I'm 20 pounds overweight. I'm going to die homeless and penniless, and no one will ever love me. But that's just thinking, thinking, raising its ugly head, and I refuse to beat myself up. Okay, I'm beginning uh, to believe that not preparing was a big mistake. Um, but that's okay because I'm a human being and human beings make mistakes and we have to learn from our mistakes. So next time I will prepare. Okay, we have enough time for a short affirmation, so look in your mirror. Don't look at me, only you can help you that's it Say, hello me I am a very special person I don't have to be perfect I will cherish who I am in the moment but I will prepare for things that are important to me because I am worth preparing for or something like that. I'm sorry. I don't know. Okay. This was not one of my best shows, but that's okay. Because this is Stuart Smalley saying, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me.
0: This has been
1: today's Daily Affirmation with Stuart Smalley.
0: So, uh, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, doggone it, people like me. But this is what we tell ourselves um, when uh, we're convinced that we can fulfill the law. Um, And the the short affirmation at the end, only you can help you, someone who has uh, understood um, the law and has come to an end uh, of themselves, um, that's a devastating message. Only you can help you. And so when the law has been effectively delivered... One's response is, can't help but be, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then just like Nathan, uh, whose whose response to David's confession, that he has sinned against God, um, that God has taken away David's sin, the very next verse in Romans, after who will deliver me from this body of death, is, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord, which is the gospel. So thank you very much. Um, I wish we could sit around and watch tons of videos, um, but I do believe that Saturday Night Live has convicted us enough. Um, Let me close in prayer. Lord, we thank you um, for revealing uh, the truth about ourselves that we we cannot reveal on our own. Uh, We thank you for humor. We thank you for the gospel. And uh, most importantly, your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.